choices, new players, new models of care. You know consumer first healthcare is everywhere. For us to build the future, to see what's new, we gotta look at the world from a different point of view. Consumer innovation ain't going away. I say it's here to stay. Today it leads the way. We gotta drop the silos. We're all the same team. Experience, business, tech, and marketing. So join us now. Join the revolution. Consumer first health is the evolution. Status quo or like status no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rep. Yo, come on, let's go. Welcome back to the leading podcast about consumer innovation. I'm Jared Johnson, and here's what's going to go down today. We have the flavor of the week about McKinsey's new research on the global wellness market. Is the wellness market peaking at a time when it could be more directly influencing consumers' behavior? And how can we consider the desire for wellness more prominently as we desire and build around consumers' needs? I'll talk about that. Then we welcome Robin Goldsmith to share Verizon's vision for a consumer-centered healthcare future. As Verizon's global lead for health innovation and strategy, Robin brings a lot of macro trends together and helps us understand the tech and data architecture that are needed to empower a truly personalized future. He covers a lot from the AI-enabled hospital of the future to voice-enabled technologies to wearables having another moment, all combined to lead people to better health. It's time to dive right in. Are you ready? Let's go. Flavor of the Week. A vision of a healthier America includes health systems coexisting with digital health, retail health, direct-to-consumer offerings, and yes, wellness products. When we referred to Target's rollout of a thousand new wellness products a couple of episodes ago, I briefly mentioned McKinsey's new research on the global wellness market and how it's peaking at a time when it could be more directly influencing consumers' behavior. In the U.S. alone, they estimate that the wellness market has reached $480 billion, growing at 5 to 10% per year. They cite that 82% of U.S. consumers now consider wellness a top or important priority in their everyday lives. This is especially true among Gen Z and millennial consumers who are now purchasing more wellness products and services than older generations, including health, sleep, nutrition, fitness, appearance, and mindfulness. It's worth diving deeper into their report to think more intentionally about how consumers are making healthcare-related choices. One of the themes of this podcast has always been that we create better products, services, and experiences when we truly understand consumers' choices about their health and wellness. So where does this fit in? Wellness products affect people's perceptions of what good health looks like, and it's time that we pay more attention. The report found that consumers are taking greater control over their health and expect companies to provide effective, science-backed solutions. They're no longer simply trying out these wellness trends and hoping for the best, but rather asking, what does the science say? They list seven wellness subsets, including women's health, weight management, and in-person fitness, that their research suggests are especially ripe areas for innovation and investment activity. McKinsey's findings continue from there, which I might have to cover in more depth on another episode, but I bring it up because this is the health consumer's world. Yes, seeing a doctor when they need to, but how many other health and wellness-related choices are people making that can influence how and where they seek care in those moments of need? What's the goal of wellness after all? In many cases, it's to avoid seeing the doctor, which is interesting because who's invested in helping people feel better and get to a better quality of life? In most cases, I'd say the doctor. In fact, I'd say the whole clinical team. That's one reason why most mission-driven health systems seem to have programs and support for people in all walks of life. But it can be challenging to integrate these services operationally into the consumer experience 
experience today. So this latest wellness research is one of the latest signals that health journeys are evolving and that putting in more effort to understand all of the influences on consumer behavior helps us offer new encounters that match real life. And the more that that happens, the more we're going to see an acceleration of consumer-centered innovation. Let's consider the desire for wellness more prominently as we consider how to design and build products, services, and experiences around consumers' needs. That's another way that we'll build the healthcare of tomorrow. And that's the flavor of the Week. Hey everyone, let's get into the flow. It's time again for another episode. Very excited here. Would you please give it up for Robin Goldsmith? Robin is the global lead for health innovation and strategy for Verizon Business. He's also the host of the Healthcare On Air podcast. It's really a, a great show. You ought to check this out. Healthcare On Air is hosted by Verizon. It's where clinical leaders, technology innovators, and industry experts discuss everything from the AI-enabled hospital of the future to care everywhere, digital health, and everything in between. It's a great show. So definitely check that out. And in the meantime, let's welcome Robin. Hey, welcome to the Healthcare Wrap. Hey, Jared. Great to be here. I'd love to hear, remind us how many episodes you are into Healthcare On Air and maybe something that has stuck out to you at, the, at this point. Is there a, yeah. like a highlight or a guest that's kind of been like, whoa, you know, as you've been recording with them? Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm far behind you, my friend. I'm, I think I'm on 30, coming up on 40 episodes. So I think we'll be, I'll be at a year in April. So yeah, we've done, we've had some great guests. And uh, I think, you know, the one that stood out was um, pretty recently, I got to the privilege of having Dr. Zev Newworth join me for what turned out to be a three-part parter coming off his, you know, the launch of his book, uh, Beyond the Walls. And just a, a great thought leader. And he hit on some amazing, amazing topics. And I just learned a lot. And that was, I think, a highlight for me and a great guy and uh, really out there trying to change the dynamics of healthcare. I can see why that would be a highlight. Yep. Fantastic. That's outstanding. Well, let's help our listeners get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. You want to share a little bit more about maybe like the two-minute version of who you are? And then can you share a piece of career advice that has stuck with you, something that has helped guide your career to this point? Sure. I'll keep my intro short. I've been with Verizon three years. I joined during the pandemic, which made it pretty interesting. So onboarded all virtually. And, um, you know, I joined Verizon because I just saw, you know, a light bulb kind of went off that, you know, especially during the pandemic of connectivity and devices and how much of a need there is and how important they are in our just general lives to do everything we do from education to engaging in telehealth, et cetera. So really, you know, very excited to join. And I, I, I always say, I think I have one of the coolest jobs at Verizon. I get to have the privilege of working across the ecosystem with healthcare customers, providers, health systems, med device, pharma folks. And, and I think, you know, they also let me host the, the podcast, which is fun too. So yeah, it's uh, love what I do. And I think that in terms of the piece of advice, I had a friend of mine who I, I was going through a career transition. I called him, he picked up and uh, we started talking and I, you know, I was thinking about a few different types of opportunities. And he said, kind of stopped me and said, hey, listen, you know, at the end of the day, just really focus on what's going to get you out of the bed in the morning. What are you passionate about? And it turns out that I had called him and his cancer was had reared its ugly head again. And he was in the hospital getting treatment. And he actually, unfortunately, passed away about six weeks later. But you would have never known it 
because he was so clear in that, you know, advice to me, which I was very privileged to get. And it kind of made it really hit home that at the end of the day, we have limited time. So do something that you're psyched about doing that gets you up and, and you know, all I, I give the caveat, Jared, that I'm very privileged as you are to have these types of options. So, but if you do have that, that option, do something that, you know, you're excited about can make a contribution, do something good. Yeah, fantastic. Let's dive in here. Robin, I'd love to start with just a little bit of a, a level set in terms of uh, where Verizon is, what are they doing in healthcare? Can you give us a, like a layperson's description of Verizon's healthcare strategy? And can you help us understand how Verizon approaches consumers' involvement in healthcare? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think the question I get the most is Verizon, healthcare? I don't get it. Help me understand that. Happy to share, Jared. So if you think about Verizon, major telecom, we have really the networks, the, the chipsets that go into devices this vast connectivity fabric that kind of runs in the background of a lot of the things we do. And in healthcare, we saw that in the pandemic, right? The need to have connectivity and devices, remote patient monitoring devices, you know, blood pressure cuffs, tablets that are connected to things to help you monitor your health. We've been doing that for a long time. And I think now our strategy is just more fully formed as healthcare is going through these radical changes. And I'll give you two examples. So in the hospital environments, you're seeing more and more of a need for to do things like AR for pre-surgical planning, augmented reality, virtual reality for mental health and PTSD for veterans. You're seeing the rise of AI. And I take all those kind of buzzy use cases, I can boil it down to one thing is that all of those require a lot of data to move in more and more real time for those clinicians, nurses, to do what they need to do. That's in the hospital environments. And what they need is a really robust a big pipe to move that data or this robust network to be able to do that. So that's where we play a role. And it's, you know, there's a lot of noise about 5G. I see, I know you see a lot of ads from all of this, but in healthcare, that really is what's going to enable this really speed, very low latency to be able to deliver these kind of experiences. And in the home, that's even a bigger, you know, this whole notion of the connected health ecosystem. And, and you know this very well that because of capacity staffing challenges, the more you can have better touch points with those folks as they get discharged into the home and they're managing a, you know, a complex condition like diabetes or COPD, you need those devices and that, that remote patient monitoring and even hospital at home. What do you need for that? You need some level of devices and you need a quality connection, you know, to, to execute that. So. That's really it in a nutshell. You know, we work with many, many health systems out there, you know, a, across the ecosystem in one way, shape, or form. Well, I like that. It kind of brings two things to mind. One is data and the data and tech that you just talked about. So these are things I feel like it maybe talked about in loose terms, but the average person involved probably doesn't think about it day to day of like, it's almost the invisible thing that people just expect is going to be there and available the pipe, the plumbing underneath in, in some ways, and a lot of infrastructure around that that has, that has to make it happen, the connectivity. And then also the fact that 
this is what is coming. You know, this is a future, like a forward facing view of healthcare of before you build a building, you do have to know what size of pipe you need to put underneath it. You know, that's one of the things you need to know what the structure looks like. You need to know what the building is going to do. And so that does take a lot of future facing. It takes a lot of, of planning on that side. And these are considerations that have to be made for anywhere in healthcare to progress. And that can come down to an individual home encounter, like you mentioned, or like can come into play when we're talking about what does that new data and tech-enabled hospital of the future look like? And I think it's fascinating to think about both sides of care there. So when it comes to that, I'm wondering just what you're seeing. What trends are you seeing when it comes to just helping enabling healthcare for consumers on those journeys? Those journeys are all very different. When you're talking about how does healthcare get experienced by an everyday person? Yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of commonality across industries that are now, you know, let's be honest, healthcare, because of the makeup and their priorities, a lot of the things, you know, we're seeing now have, have kind of were, were spurred on by the pandemic, right? This rise of consumerism in healthcare, that you got younger folks coming into healthcare that need, you know, need to be taken care of. And they, their expectations are the same as what they get in, you know, the other industries they engage with. So banking, you know, retail, just consumer experiences. And I think, Healthcare is playing catch up in a lot of ways to to give them the type of type of frictionless modern experiences they're used to. You know, I hate to say it, but the Amazon experience, right? Those frictionless experiences, and we're seeing that. You know, the first touch point of the website to to how you know the AI chatbots that, that's going to engage with you as you're you know free your visit during the visit. You know, can I wayfind to where I need to be? Can I get messages to my loved ones, letting them know where I'm going to be? All of these kind of touch points along the journey, you know, contact centers, all these pieces of that, you know, the rise of digital. We're seeing tons of really interesting use cases, you know, in the hospital. I just mentioned a few, but what I'm seeing now is a, a, a huge focus on the patient room. So this one thing that I see a lot of is kind of taking the legacy, you know, whiteboard that nurses used to write on. That's all now digitized on smart TVs where folks can you know, watch Netflix, order food, see their bill, a physician can, you know, bring in EHR imagery and, and kind of consult with you, Jared, in real time and say, this is the procedure I'm going to do. And this is the knee, I'm going to go in here. And this is what it's going to look like. Anesthesiologists can tell you, you know, what's going to happen. You know, in the case of, you know, got a complex condition, you know, through that screen, they can bring in an expert from, you know, a, a specialty hospital to consult with that that doctor and you and, you know, bringing the family to that call. So like, think about that. I mean, you know, we should have been doing that a, a long time ago. There's really no excuse that during the pandemic, nurses were scrambling to get a tablet to do, you know, some of the terrible things they had to do. Like, so modernization of that environment, you know, I'm seeing a lot of kind of voice enabled technologies and overall, you know, folks expect kind of what they have in their home in a modern state-of-the-art healthcare facility, why wouldn't you have that kind of tech in, in the room, right? So those are a few, and I'm seeing just kind of overall the densification of devices in the hospital. And that, I kind of hate that term, but just more and more stuff going into hospitals, right? In the patient room, you've got TVs, tablets at the bedside, You're, you've got sensors, cameras to detect fall detection that are interlaced with AI, you know, just a ton of innovation happening. And then in the operating suite, 
even more of that computer vision to, to look at things like as simple as looking at a, you know, that tray of operating materials and, and uh, sutures, scalpels, et cetera, looks at that counts time spent during the procedure, looking at the doctor, time spent analyzing that. So like the rise of computer vision, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of really unique things happening. So yeah, there's just tons of things happening. And again, like I said earlier, I think a lot of this is, I've heard it said a number of different times, but I'll use the one that I, I like the most. That we're really, we've kind of in an inflection point of healthcare where we're seeing just so much innovation happening for a lot of different reasons. And, and I think, you know, a lot of this was pushed forward by the pandemic. So, and, you know, the rise of a lot of disruptors coming in. So I think it's really an interesting time to be being out there. Well, I, any listener would know I would agree with that. And I, I don't know if we can... <laughs> no, I know that was a lot. No, and I wonder <laughs> if we can, we can double down on the, the part about how tech especially this connected tech uh, can enable more consumer centered innovation maybe we can you know narrow down even to that part of it right because you mentioned a couple of things there one was just the the modernization of the tech and then you also just mentioned how easy is that tech to use it is one thing to see a tablet with the right apps on it that is connected in the right ways sit in their bedside that can be used to improve the experience when you are the patient or for your your family, your caregiver, for anyone who's there with you. And one aspect of that is that the tech is, it's simple enough to use. You don't need an instruction manual. Maybe there is a one page or something, you know, maybe there is something that shows you some basics of what you need, but if you don't feel comfortable using the tech, then all these cool parts of a patient experience of an of a new connected way of 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 engaging don't get used as much. And so uh, I'm glad you mentioned that that part of it. Like the ease of use is part of that. So like what other aspects of technology help enable that patient experience of the future where it could be a better experience? You nailed it, man. I mean, it, you have to. It has to be easy to use. Prime example is if you know you put in this technology that nurses have to use, and, and it's just too unwieldy. It's just not going to be used. It has to fit into the workflow, like everything else. It has to be easy to use. It has to solve a problem. I think sometimes you know technology is looking for a solution to solve, and uh, that's not where you need to start. I mean, whenever I talk to you know hospitals, the challenges are the same. I mean, every hospital is different, but the overarching challenges are the same, right? How can they make the patient experience and their doctor and nurses experience better? Period. So bringing it back to kind of this younger crop of nurses and doctors that are in the workforce now, they have the expectation that they, they're going to have the best mobility devices to do their job. How do I simplify what they do every day with this technology? How do I save them time? Because time is, you know, as we know, is critical just because we don't have enough nurses. We don't have enough doctors. But I know your real question was on the patient side, the same deal. You send an older person, like someone's grandmother or aging parent, you send them all these devices in some kind of kit, and then they have to connect to the Wi-Fi and do some Bluetooth pairing. It's just not going to happen. So what we're seeing now is like a box arrives, you take it out, it just works. It's connected. No need to do any kind of back-end configuring. It's just making it easy for the patient. And even then, it's challenging, right? But I do think that out of necessity, a lot of these things that we always thought that, you know, aging folks couldn't do, they certainly can do it just because they had to, right? They, they had to figure out how to do this video chat with a doctor or with their family. They figured out how to do it. 
whether they got their, their family to help them or they got the geek squad to do it, but they, they made it happen. So again, it's all about making it easy, frictionless. I think healthcare has gotten a pass for a lot of years on that experience. And I think these digital first natives, if you will, expect something different. So that's why I think a lot of this change has happened. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that's that's a good perspective on it. Let's talk about the provider side of that. There is a, a process that has to happen for adoption. What's that value proposition? What does that conversation look like for the provider to invest in these technologies that do empower things, that do save time, that do simplify a process maybe? What's the value proposition that's shared with the provider to help them understand like why this is worth investing time and more or, and money into? Yeah, we're very cognizant that healthcare is facing some serious financial headwinds and it, it varies by, by the institution. But ultimately, if we can replace aging legacy technology with current states that potentially is, has some cost savings and then also will fit the needs of the, the, the docs and nurses and, and retain them potentially because they're getting the most modern experience. I think those are non-tangible and tangible benefits that we can show guests that I think, you know, we have to take that approach and we have to be very cognizant of, of the financials around this. So it's replacing things they have to buy already with more modern technology that can, can do additional functionality to meet. And, and make the experience better for the workforce. Yeah, and this may be a no-brainer. I don't, I don't know, but it just kind of came to mind in terms of when it's a brand like Verizon. I imagine that helps the conversation, or at least gives it some more weight behind it. You know what I mean? Like in that conversation, when you're talking about, oh, look, here's something that can be better for everybody, better for the clinicians, better for the patients, saving money, saving time, whatnot. This is an evidence-based field, though. <laughs> you know, so so they're always looking for who else has done it. I would imagine that conversation does help. And, and I do think it's worth pointing that out because when people ask, to your point earlier, when you very first you know introduce yourself sometimes, hey, yeah, what is Verizon doing in healthcare? People might not know right off the bat, but I would imagine it just helps in those conversations to have decades worth to point to as a business. Like, am I, I don't know if I'm assuming too much or if that, I would think that helps though in the conversation. No, I think, yeah. I mean, I've, you know, I've worked for companies that, you know, no one knew the name and, and that's a challenge because, you know, inherently, you know the brand, you might have a Verizon cell phone, you see the ads, et cetera. There, there's a certain level of familiarity that definitely helps. And I think, you know, on the flip side of that, there's also, you know, people know us from the local store, and, but they really don't understand what we do for business, you know, the business grade capabilities we have, and also the things that we do around security. I had no idea that Verizon has one of the largest global security practices in the world. You know, we have nine security operations centers, two thirds of the internet traffic globally passes on our pipes. I didn't know that. So we have massive teams doing that in the US and globally to secure Fortune 500 companies, networks and connectivity assets. So in healthcare, you think about it, you put all these devices in hospitals and the homes, in essence, those are just windows for bad actors. I mean, you've seen the stories of pacemakers getting hacked. You've seen all the ransomware attacks that happen in, in healthcare. Unfortunately, you see it far too often. And that's because they haven't secured all those networks, all those you know entry points for bad folks to get into. So that's a lot of my job is just kind of sharing really what we have in, in the Verizon garage to folks because they just don't know. So where does Verizon hope to go with all of that, if you will? Like, how does Verizon hope to improve the healthcare experiences out there? I know on, on Healthcare on Air, you've described the hospital of the future. And that's, it's a captivating concept to me just because when I did work 
hospital side, we are constantly looking at what's realistically possible and what it would take to get there. So is is that part of that vision? I'm just curious that, you know, where Verizon, where they're going with everything. Yeah, I mean, I want to be very clear that what we do is enable the amazing talent and folks working in healthcare. We enable what they need to do to get the job done, which is keep us safe and, you know, healthy. But we're just literally the, the infrastructure fabric or, you know, highway that this, this data and this connectivity rides on. So I want to be very clear that that's our position in healthcare to enable healthcare to do what it's doing now and then far into the future. So this notion of the smart hospital, the connected hospital, you know, we listen to our customers because we can't tell them what to do. You know, we just have to listen to the trends, which we spend a lot of time on, you know, what things are happening and what do we need to do from a products and services perspective to really give them a path to execute on. So it's really exciting because I think a lot of them are thinking about that, you know, for the all the reasons of, you know, raising the patient experience, doing all these, you know, incredible things like I was at an Apple store recently and I saw their their goggles. I mean, it's just a taste of like what's happening, you know, and that's consumer grade. You talk about on the on the medical side, the business side of things, I mean, augmented reality, bringing in imaging, x-rays, MRIs into a, an augmented reality layer that it's now being used in surgery, FDA cleared in some cases. So it's, it's accelerating fast. And again, all those things you've ever done a game with with a headset on, if you get any kind of jitter or lag, it gives you a pretty bad headache. It's not a good experience. So that, again, we can enable those types of technologies through really our you know nuts and bolts network and technology. That's fantastic. And again, I love just having a vision of where we're going with things and, and what is realistically possible. So along that along that point, when we kind of broaden that out and, and say, I think we've been focusing on the on the tech and data side of that, when we just think about like what type of experience could that enable? You know, and I look to the future and think, you know, what could consumer-centered care look like? What could be like the status quo, kind of like the typical type of experience? I know there's a lot of different ways we can improve that. Where do you think that future takes us? Like what could a consumer-centered care experience look like? And the and what has to happen to get us there? Yeah, you hinted at it earlier, Jared, when you said it's just kind of running in the background. I always, I've always i said this before, but I, I got to hear Dr. Dr. K. Nakagawa from UC Davis, who, who spends a lot of time on this, you know, talking about really where we're going is this connectivity and technology in the not too far future will just be running in the background, right? We'll have these sensors and cameras, you know, quantifying different parts of our, you know, activities and what have you in the hospital, leveraging computer vision to see potential falls that might happen while someone's lying in a bed, they're, you know, they're, they're at rest currents. And if a leg starts to move toward the end of the bed, raising an alert, all, all these kind of things that just will be running in the background and in the home as well, we're seeing more and more you know, sensors and things that can help folks do this idea of quantified self, more and more devices on your phone, care management platforms, you know, Ultimately, chatbots reminding us to take medications, things that just assist us live a healthier life. And I think that getting back to simplicity at the core is where it needs to be because, you know, do you want to download another app? Do you want to do this? Just make it as easy as possible for folks to to have these technologies running in the background. So that's kind of forward looking, but um, that's, I think, where we're, where we're going. And the rise of wearables is kind of a huge part of that. I mean, I don't know how many aura rings you've seen recently, but I've seen a bunch. So that's just the, it's snowball. That's fascinating. This is a trend. I'm hearing about wearables a lot more since the beginning of the year. And 
that's encouraging to me. I do think consumer tech absolutely has a place. Uh, it always has. You know, I always use my own experience with an Apple Watch, which I credit for kind of getting me off the couch personally and you know getting back to the gym kind of a thing and i'll be curious to to keep watching and see what happens there and maybe it's the fact that maybe we are more comfortable as early majority late majority of society are just more more comfortable and familiar with a lot of different wearables and and types of devices too i would imagine absolutely yeah anytime you know i mean as you know from working on the hospital side i mean the worst case is someone who's real sick doesn't have access to care uses the emergency room as kind of the last resort when they're really in a bad place the more and more touch points we can have in the home because we know that you know walking around with this thing all the time but how much time do you actually spend right now with your doctor? You know, it's probably a couple times a year for, you know, maybe an hour and a half total. There's a lot of other stuff happening in those hours in between that. A lot of it's at home. So it's a great opportunity to how do we capture data, inform the doctor. I think that's a win-win for everybody. Totally agree. As we start to wrap up here, what message would you have for healthcare technology leaders? If there's one thing you could share, I know there's not one size fits all here. And like you said, every institution is different. The challenges they're trying to address are similar in a lot of ways. What message would you just want to share out there? I think just, you know, start small, right? I mean, a lot of the things we've been talking about today are these huge ideas and and can get people don't start. So think about, think think about the, you know, start with the problem, start with your, your staff, have a more better experience day to day and think about your patient, what kind of technologies and, and use cases that can really elevate that patient experience, start from there, and then work backwards to the technology solutions. Yeah, give us a call. <laughs> I love it. It's been a lot of fun and, and we've covered so much. And and as usual, I have a better vision, a better idea of what's possible out there. And I think that's, that's the goal here is to be able to come together and share those ideas. And so that's a perfect place for us to wrap up today. With that, that is a wrap for this episode. And it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with Robin Goldsmith from Verizon. Robin, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jared. It's great. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please spread the word. Tell your colleagues to tune in for all the awesomeness, then leave a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. This show is produced by Shift Forward Health, the channel for changemakers. Subscribe to Shift Forward Health on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be subscribed to our entire library of shows. See our full lineup at shiftforwardhealth.com. One subscription, all the podcasts you need, and it's all for free. And remember, we might have a lot of work to do in healthcare, but we'll get there faster together. Thanks again.